what, I can, I can sit and I can meditate on God when I listen to a song like that. That's what I did. I was looking at Kaylee, but thinking about God, thinking about a good, good father. You know, there's a lot of things that will lead us to think about God. Maybe some strange things sometimes. I, uh, I had a pretzel here, and I stuck it in my Bible, and I guess I thought it was going to stay together. You know what it looks like when it's together. You have one piece of dough, all connecting with three holes in between that doesn't connect. I'm taken back to a few years ago when my daughter used to experience with trail mix. She made her own personal homemade trail mixes and she loved to bring them to dad and have me try them. I didn't like the ones with Skittles in it and things like that. But if there were M&Ms and maybe Cheetos and, and cashews, that, that was good. But it seemed like the foundational ingredient for all the trail mix that she made was a pretzel. And I took that pretzel one time and I sat there and looked at it. And I saw one hole there that did not overlap into the second one. And, and, and the second one didn't overlap into the third one. And that third hole didn't overlap into the first one. Yet it was all one connecting piece of dough. And that made me think of, of our God our good, good Father. He's not only God the Father, but He's the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and He's the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to look at one verse. Verse 14. And just as the song just sent us into meditation on our God... So does this verse, the Trinity of God, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. There is something specific that is declared about the three persons of God here, of each one. And the first one that we see is the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says that grace is of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone wants good things in their lives. And the thought of having better than we deserve, everyone is sold on that. Everyone wants good beyond the measure that should come to them. Grace is gifted, unearned favor. It's goodness. It's benevolent acts. And that rules out any earning of it. It rules out any human effort to be able to obtain it. 
It rules out self-achievement. Freely giving and freely bestowing of good. This is grace. And this is what Jesus Christ does. He gives grace. He is grace. His name is unspeakable gift. He Himself is the gift of grace, the gift by grace, and He gives grace to us. And it's something that we can't live without. Those who don't know the Lord in the, in the world don't attribute any help to Him, any, anything to Him about their lives. But it's only by God's grace that we have life. We're nothing without the favor of God in our lives. It's an inexhaustible fuel, if you will, that keeps the child of God going. It's goodness that is constantly supplied to God's children. And this is what Jesus Christ specifically gives to you and I. Everyone wants this kind of help. And it only comes from one. It only comes from Jesus Christ, and it comes by no other. It is received no other way than by receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. There's no other name, and there's no other avenue by way to receive this, this gift, this freely bestowed goodness in our lives. There's no way to have a personal experience of this grace without Jesus Christ. And there's a full measure of it for everyone. God gives you and I, through Jesus Christ, all the grace that we need. We're saved by grace, and we receive all the grace we could ever need at the moment that we are saved. We don't, we don't stack up more grace as we go. We don't mature into having more grace. You can never receive any more grace than what you received the moment you became a child of God. The difference is growing into the experience of grace. When Peter says grow in grace, that doesn't mean get more of it. That means just dig into the experience of Jesus Christ. Experience Him. Paul told the Galatians, which were in a condition at the time of starting to ignore God's grace, which saved them. They were starting to listen to some false teachers. They were starting to listen to a false teaching that would tell them to work for the things of God, to obtain the things of God. And, and so Peter tells them that they had fallen from grace. Now understand these Christians in Galatia, they were saved by grace and they had eternal life and they're in heaven today. So what does it mean that they fell from grace? It means that they were not experiencing it in their lives. That's exactly what that phrase means in the Greek. They weren't experiencing the grace of God. 
It's, it's like you have a hill in front of you and you have, and, and, and you have a motorcycle right here, but you choose to ride that bicycle up. And you've got this motorcycle of grace right here. They weren't experiencing it. They were neglecting the grace of God in their lives. The increased experience of the grace of God, it's the proof of it. Everyone here that's a child of God says, I I know the grace of God. When this happened in my life and when I was going through this, it was only by God's grace that I got through it. We, we, We know this evidence that there is grace by the fact that we've experienced it. The proof of grace has come by Jesus Christ also. Being rich, he became poor to make us rich. That's the proof of the grace of God. The Trinity of God, just to meditate on God. Grace is of the Lord Jesus Christ. And love is of God. Many, many years ago, Bible scholars had a thought that God did not have feelings and emotions. But knowing that God can be quenched and knowing He can be grieved and and many other ways of what we understand in His Word, we understand that God does have feelings and emotions. But His love is not based on them. His love is based on principle. He does not act or respond according to how he feels. He doesn't cave into compromise concerning one of his children that might be in sin by by neglecting it or, or not having their child answer for it or not correcting them or not showing them the right way. He does not compromise in that way concerning that. God never loves us any more for our faithfulness and He never loves us any less for our failures. I freely and willingly and want to tell you that because I don't think you and I are going to abuse the grace or love of God, but that we might rest in it. I believe that's a problem that we all have sometimes, that we do not rest in the fact that we can't earn a greater favor with God. We cannot make God love us more. When we fail, don't just keep your head down and and, and stay down and stay away because God does not love us less For our failures. God's love stretches out to all humanity. And He has proven that all are loved by Him. We hear this verse around here often. But God commendeth His love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God has proven and shown His love to us. We don't cause God to love us. No one has ever caused God to love them. 
His love was already in existence in His plan before we ever were. Jesus Christ was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And that is God's commending or showing of His love to us. So before there ever was us, there was God's love. Before we ever were, there was God's love for us. The Word of God is the announcing of God's love. And the plan of God is the action of His love. There, there is no love without God. God's love has always been, and God loves where there isn't any love. We love God. Because He first loved us. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. We're to love one another. We're to love the law of the Lord. And the Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart when we've been justified by faith. We can't love without God. There is no love without God. God's love is eternal. It was before us. How, how are we going to have God love us more? Or how would He love us less if He loved us before there ever was us? Love is of God. God is love. And He has given us His love. We also see within our one God who is three persons, not only Jesus Christ and His grace, not only God the Father and His love, but don't leave this out, the communion of the Holy Ghost. We are partakers of. We are in communication with God by way of the Holy Spirit. He lives within the believer. If you know Jesus Christ and you didn't know that, know this. The Holy Spirit of God lives within inside you and He's active and He moves and He helps us. The connection between anyone and God is made through Jesus Christ. The communication between a person and God is made through the Holy Spirit of God. Our fellowship with God happens by way of God's Holy Spirit. Every born-again believer has the person of the Holy Spirit dwelling and living within them. And our partaking with God, it only happens by way of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who has regenerated us with spiritual life. He indwells us. My Bible tells me that He teaches us, that He comforts us. The Holy Spirit's name is also Comforter. He helps our weaknesses. He is our helper. He gives us joy. He gives us discernment. He prays for us to the Father when we don't know what to pray. 
when Brother Willie Warren and many of the family didn't have words, the Holy Spirit had those words for them. Sending to the Father. Taking care of God's people. He is the one who has conveyed to us that we are saved. If you're saved, you know you're saved. You know you're saved right now. You know right now you're saved the moment you die. And you're going to be in heaven. And you're going to be with the Lord forever. If it weren't that way, I wouldn't be a very enthusiastic witness. I don't think I would witness at all. I think I, think I would make a nervous wreck out of many people. If it weren't a no-so salvation. If we didn't know. If you're saved, you know. And you know because the Holy Spirit of God has conveyed to you that you are a child of God. Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit itself or Himself beareth witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Do you know the communion of the Holy Ghost in your life? He communicates with you and He leads you and He guides you into all truth. The only way that natural flesh is going to understand this spiritual book is by way of the Holy Spirit teaching you and I and guiding us and leading us into all truth. The moment you were saved, it was by God's love, it was by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit came to live within you. Be careful if you ever move off. And I hope you don't, but somebody might have to look for a new church one day. And if you do, and someone tells you, that that's good, you believe in Jesus, and now later at another point, you can ask for the Holy Spirit. Be careful of that. Not just be careful of that, just know that it's wrong. Because, because how can you say, yes, I believe in Jesus, but I got a second blessing and I got, a, I got a, 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 another a dose of the Holy Spirit at a later time. How can that happen whenever the Bible says in Romans 8, 9, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So do you hear what that brings? That brings belief and salvation in the Son and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God at the same time. Communion with Him. Wow, the analyzing of our triune God. What, what a good thought for meditation. I'm not ready to finish yet, but we're actually about done. But I want you to think about Him. I want you to think about our one God and the three persons that God is and the different offices that God has as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
He became the Son on our behalf. It was for us. The Holy Spirit is for our Christian life here until we're taken home to heaven. It's the, it's the sanctifying of our lives. It's the guiding of our lives. We cannot live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. You understand the Holy Spirit is right in line with the Son. And the Son's right in line with the Father. And, and the Holy Spirit is, is obedient to everything in the Word, in complete agreement to the Word of God. And that's how we live this Christian life. That's how you and I are doing what we're doing in the Lord and for the Lord. By way of the regeneration of the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us into living for God. Wow. God created us. Jesus went to Calvary for us. And the Holy Spirit communes with us. I think that's a good teaching. I think, I think, I believe we need that. I believe we need, I, I think back to being a baby in Christ and wondering how in the world I was going to live this new life that had been given to me. How I was going to be able to do that. I had zero confidence in myself and I found out I shouldn't. But I should have all the confidence in the world in Almighty God and His Son and His Holy Spirit that was going to live through me. And He lives through you. God has supplied you with life. Jesus Christ has saved your life. And it's the Holy Spirit that strengthens your life. All of the the, the persons that God is and His interest He takes in us By way of all three, you have grace by way of Jesus Christ. God loves you, and He's never going to stop loving you. And He's not going to love you more, and He's never going to love you any less. We're just learning to walk in the experience of everything that He gave us when we were saved. Do you remember how excited you were? When the love of God filled your heart and you you really didn't know how to articulate it, but you just knew that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ was all over you and in you and you were so excited. And where we might have thought we were really doing something, we, we found out that the Holy Spirit was doing it through us and living through us. So we didn't have just a a little burst of energy in the beginning that was going to fail and fade away. We can continue on. However long it takes for Jesus to come back, we can continue on in His Holy Spirit. He will live through you until He takes us to the clouds, takes us home to heaven. Amen. Well, if you're here tonight, and you're a Christian, that is your experience. If you have any doubts, if there is any lapse, if there is any question, if there is a blank that is going on through this, this is salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what salvation is. This is what the personal relationship 
is all about. And if there's an uncomfortable feeling about your sins, about your past sins, that guilt should no longer be there. Because your Lord and Savior took that for you. Do you know that you're His tonight? Do you know that He has saved your soul? If not, this is going to be that day on the calendar that you can put your finger on. It's in a moment that Jesus Christ saved someone. The conviction of the Holy Spirit lets us know that we're without Christ and we need to be saved. He lets us know we do have Christ when we are saved. He lets us know we're not. We're convicted of sin and the need to come to Jesus, that Jesus would save you. Would you trust Jesus Christ to save you tonight by faith and become a child of God and have all your sins forgiven and know you have a home in heaven? Christian, would you be encouraged tonight that you have everything you need to finish out this race of life? Everything you need from God. He'll never take any of it away. I don't, I don't know what God will have you to do tonight. But He's the one that's doing it. So that's okay that I don't know. We're going to have a word of prayer. And it's not time for a show. It's, it's time to spend time with God right after His Word. Sometimes you might not make it home to the prayer closet to do business with God that you need to do. So you do it now as God would lead you. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we do come before Your righteousness and Your kindness and Your loving mercy tonight, Lord. And we thank You for who You are. May we go through our, our days just, just meditating on you. You're a good, good father, full of love for us, full of grace through your son. And we're never lonely because you communicate to our hearts by way of your Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you for who you are. You are who you are in so many ways. For us and to us. You don't have to be. We, we'll love you and praise you. Because you are God. But as we consider. What you've done for us. We're humbled tonight. Our hearts are humbled. Before you tonight dear God. And we thank you for loving us. We thank you for eternal salvation. We thank you that we. Know that we're your children. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand?